is Digital Marketer. This week, it's Dave Conklin. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely. Today, we're talking about agency life. The trials, the tribulations, the clients, the team. I had the absolute pleasure of chatting with Dave Conklin, founder and CEO of Conklin Media, a digital growth agency that has managed to find its sweet spot. We've got a lot of sage advice for agency upstarts on this episode. And honestly, I think every marketer or business owner will take away a golden nugget with this one. So here he is. Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's it's amazing. Thank you for asking. Things yeah. are great. Where are you located? I need a visualization. Yeah. So picture Philadelphia and then go an hour west. And we're in a, a city called Lancaster County. Okay. Um, it's kind of known for the Amish population. Mm. Um, I often describe it as a miniature Austin. So we have a lot of great restaurants and, and stuff like that, but it's like super small. Um, yeah. So yeah, but it's a really cool area. We love it. Would you consider it the Midwest or the Northeast or like? Northeast it's almost for there. sure. Northeast for sure. Yeah. yeah. Is it snowing there? Uh, it is not snowing right now. We got one snow this year, which is so rare. That is um, rare. Normally we get quite a few pretty large precipitation uh, yeah. events, but yeah, it just hasn't happened. Lots of rain though. Yeah. It's been super mild in Austin too. So Dave, you know, we're going to get into how you built your business and the struggles you faced and some of the like exciting things that happened. But I kind of want to go back even further and just find out like what started your love for business, but also for marketing. Sure. So I was a DJ actually uh, <laughs> out, of, out of high school. So I wanted to be a Vici or, you know, one of those club DJ guy. That's why you look so young. Yeah, that could be it. That could be <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm surprised those years didn't make me look a little older, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I realized though I couldn't really make any money. And so I got into the real estate business selling houses. I got my real estate mm. license and did that. And what happened was this was the late 90s. And this idea of the internet was kind of becoming a thing. And we were approached by a company that did real estate lead generation online. And I was like, this is a really cool concept, but I think I can do it myself. So I built a website, which was supposed to generate leads for my local real estate business. And what ended up happening is we were getting leads from California and New York and Texas. And I'm <laughs> like, all by accident, because we, we yeah. were running AdWords, but didn't really understand the idea of like local targeting and, and all that. And quite frankly, it kind of sucked then the local mm. targeting. So what we did is we started calling real estate agents in the areas where we were generating these leads and saying, Hey, do you want to like pay us for these leads? And they were like, heck yeah. So fast forward a few years, we were in Inc magazine and it was just a really wild ride of growing that from the early two thousands up through, you know, 2010. And then the market crashed when the market crashed in like Oh seven, you know, we had 60 employees and no. we had to start, you know, letting people go. But then what we did is we took our knowledge of generating leads and shifted it over into an agency. So we mm -hmm. got some clients like Hershey Chocolate and Armstrong, which is a publicly traded company. And so we just kind of took our team and our knowledge and put it into the agency world. Cool. I'm actually ancestrally related to Hershey. So. Oh, really? Yeah. You're talking cool. to, you know, a descendant. 
Gotcha. Well, uh, we have access to some stuff here that you can't get elsewhere. So if you ever cool. want some special Hershey kisses or anything, let me know. I love that. That's really awesome. It's so cool to hear. Well, one that you were able to like transition your business when you were doing that, were you like, Oh, this is like, this is what we are now. Was that transition as a parent to you? So what was wild is we had built a website for our agency and nobody would fill out any forms. Like Mm -hmm. nobody would ever click on a button to get info or anything like that. We didn't understand why. And then when we created this website, the first one was only to get your home value. So someone who wants their house value, they either want to refinance or sell a house or maybe their aunt Jeannie, you know, just passed away and they want to know what they're going to get in an inheritance or something like that. But it was totally unintentional. Like it was, it was completely by accident, but yeah, I thought I was going to be a, you know, you probably aren't familiar with housevalues.com. They're a huge publicly traded company. Mm. They're called market leader now, but like a home advisor, you know, type that's where I thought my world was going. And then, you know, that quickly got modified you know, because we just couldn't financially sustain, you know, 42% of our real estate agent clients getting out of the business in one month, for example. They don't want to buy real estate leads if they're not in the real estate business, as weird as that mm-hmm. sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then we just realized, wow, we have a knack for this business growth lead generation thing. So when you pivoted and then launched, I- I'm guessing, did you start as Conklin Media? No. So we had a company called Prospect MX. And the idea behind that name was to maximize your prospects. And then a few years later, I sold out of that and did some private consulting work for three years where I had one major client that I I worked with. And we built a marketing team for that company of about 80 people. Then once my non-compete was over, I actually reopened an agency under Conklin Media and we purchased the company back that I had previously (laughs) sold, which was called Lupier. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of how that whole thing happened. But I've always been just so passionate about the digital business growth side of things. So, Mm -hmm. and and that's another interesting thing too. Like one of my passions is to go beyond just marketing. It's a huge part of it, but we get into a lot of, I I don't know if you want me to get into this or not, but uh, it's a really cool story. So we were sitting with clients in Dallas, Texas, and they didn't have any trackable or measurable way to measure more than a million letters per month that they were sending out to generate revenue. But yet these people were typing in a website URL from the letter, and then they just had this fallout and they had no tracking. And we, during one meeting, were able to get analytics and some other advanced stuff installed. You know, we use VWO to test landing pages and stuff. That night, we were looking at data and discovered that there were almost no conversions coming from Samsung phones. And so Mm. we did some testing and did some repair on the site. And they literally had a million and a half dollar increase in gross revenue as a result of this one little tiny change we made to their website. We're heroes, they're still clients today, but it all started just because of a more like technical businessy kind of an application. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I get into that stuff. I just love when we can find these little holes and levers that we can pull on to really help people grow. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Oh, that is such a cool story. I would love to accidentally find like a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to keep the million dollars, yeah. but we, we did get paid well for for doing it. But yeah. <laughs> Whoops, uh, maybe in the jacket pocket somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that might be better. Yeah. So as you guys were starting to grow, what is your size right now? And obviously, did you start at one? What did you start with? Well, we always, I mean, it's always kind of me, um, mm-hmm. you know, Conklin media, we launched it, you know, from scratch. Cause again, I had done one client for a while. Mm-hmm. So we literally just started with me and I hired a, a sales guy, Brian, who's still with us. And he would do a lot of calling and emailing and, and things to try and get, you know, free reports that we would give to people and stuff to get meetings. We call them growth strategy sessions. Mm-hmm. So his job was just to book my calendar up with all these growth strategy sessions with businesses that met, you know, a certain criteria. Now that was 2017 that we started that launch. You know, now we've got about 60 customers, which is our max. We want to max out mm-hmm. at 60 customers. Our leadership team, I think is, is 11 people. And then they each have teams underneath them that, you know, and each one of those individuals cover either, you know, video or design or programming or paid search mm-hmm. or you know, whatever. So that's kind of how we, we build everything out. So it's a lot of fulfillment. Oh yeah. It's not scalable, mm-hmm. you know, in any way. And I actually, I actually think that's beautiful. You know, I know Ryan Dice actually mentioned something, I think at last year's TNC, I think it was one of his talks where he talked about how it's okay sometimes not to scale. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we're very profitable and, and able to stay at our 60 customers. And if we do great work for them, you never lose them. So what you're doing is just replacing the lower end clients, you know, hopefully finding them a better home and mm-hmm. then bringing in larger, you know, larger stuff as it goes on. Yeah. So. so what does it look like to start relationships with new clients and to eventually bring them on? What does that process from start to finish look like? Yeah. So we do a lot of content well, here's a little trade secret, so to speak. Um, it's not really that 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 awesome, but we've learned over the years that if you have something sexy to talk about, like customer value journey, for example, mm-hmm. customer value journey is it's just digital marketing. It's it, but because it was put on a napkin and now trademarked right here, <laughs> it's that sexy thing that a, a partner, a digital marketer, certified partner, can talk about that kind of makes it sexy. Well, we trademarked something a couple years ago called profit paths. Mm-hmm. And profit paths are just this idea of matching up a very specific product or service that you sell that's high profit with a specific avatar and creating a marketing channel, a communication channel specifically geared toward that. So we have a carpet company, for example, and I'll, I'll answer your question in a minute, but I want you to yeah. understand this concept first, if it's okay. So we have a carpet company who was brick and mortar. They had like six, six locations or something in the Midwest. And they were like, we really want to sell online. We got to do something, you know, digital to help us to scale. And I said, well, what's your highest profit item that you could ship, you know, nationwide? And they said, carpet tile. I said, okay, cool. So carpet tile, let's keep that over here. Number two, who's the biggest buyer of carpet tile? And he said, church pastors. They often will put them in, you know, either gyms or a sanctuary or whatever, and they're replaceable and all this stuff. So I'm like, there's your profit path. We are going to sell carpet tiles specifically to churches. Mm -hmm. So now our targeting becomes so specific because we created videos around like it was a funny video about the gross carpet that's in this (laughs) church and stuff. And and so it's all matching up that avatar with with the thing. So that's what a profit path is. 
well, the reason we created profit paths, we don't sell profit paths. It's just a methodology. Mm-hmm. But when you can open up a conversation with a business owner and say, hey, are you utilizing profit paths? They're like, what? No. I, what's that? And mm-hmm. that that inquisitive nature starts a conversation, which then transfers into the normal business growth conversation. But selling digital is hard. I've sold radio advertising in my day. I've, I've, I've done a lot of different stuff in sales real estate, obviously. And digital marketing is by far the hardest thing I've ever sold because there's so many crappy vendors out there mm. that just don't, they, they don't consider the P&L when they're doing their campaigns, you know, m- most often. So that's kind of it. It's, it's approaching someone with something that's kind of new and sexy, a new idea. If profit paths become stale in 10 years, we'll probably come up with something else. <laughs> You know, and then utilizing best practices to actually show how it can change their business and bringing them on board. So when you are presenting your profit paths or presenting the customer value journey as a CP, what are some of the techniques and tactics that you've like slowly optimized? Like there, you've probably had some optimization sure. for that. So what is that? that change look like? Yeah. So we're really struggling right now on the paid search side. We're, we're mm. running experiments, spending a couple grand a month to, to utilize paid search. And it's interesting because a lot of people are out there researching digital marketing agencies. Like you can launch mm. in a local market and have 500 clicks a day from people that are typing in like marketing services. I mean, we have created our best landing pages out there and it is really, really difficult to convert. But what we find is on the retargeting side of those searches. So somebody will come land on a page, they look around, they leave. You know, we have audiences set up, for example, where, you know, maybe somebody was on our site for more than, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. And then we hit them with retargeting ads on Facebook, Instagram, and then using, you know, AdWords across, you know, the web. And that's where it it seems like once they see testimonial ads coming up and they start seeing videos coming up when they're on YouTube, Mm -hmm. that's when they'll actually come through. We do a lot of cold email as well. So yes, I'm a spammer, (laughs) (laughs) but in a very helpful way. And what I mean by that is we, of course, follow all the can spam guidelines and and all that. And we don't mail to Canada and everything. But when we send an email out, it'll actually have a really helpful report in it or, you know, something that's specifically personal. Mm -hmm. But we have clients that have come on board that they'll pay us 300, 400 grand a year. And those clients often had like nine touch points over the course of seven months before they even actually responded positively. So any agency folks that are listening, you know, my big piece of advice is that repetition is key, you know, because a lot of people will make one cold call to a marketing director at a larger company, and Mm -hmm. then they don't get a response and they call it a lose situation. When all, all of our stats show, you know, that it's many, many, many touch points until that conversation starts. I mean, it makes sense. It's kind of more of a partnership and right. it makes sense that it would take a little bit longer for someone to make such a big decision like that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the difficult things as far as like growth or even challenges you've had growing a team, maybe some client failures. What are some things that others can learn from? Yeah. So growth is hard because we've never had VC or anything. So, you know, you're always in a situation where you either are overstaffed and need more clients or you're understaffed because you just brought on a bunch of clients. You know, this has been a a conversation around our office lately because, you know, like I said, we have those, you know, nine or 10 leaders in our company that have their teams. And, 
you know, we're going to TNC and we're speaking at TNC and things like that. And we have a booth and all that. And our goal is, is very aggressive where we'd love to meet, you know, some new customers there. Of course, that's the whole point of doing it. Right. But the team is like, whoa, like what happens if we get <laughs> X? Like, you know, what, what are we going to do? Because we probably pay double what most agencies pay their people. Every single one of the people in our leadership team has owned a business before. Wow. And so to get that level of people over to work at an agency, it, it takes some coin. And mm-hmm. lots of flexibility. You know, we have everyone has to come into the office every Tuesday, but, you know, they can work from home, most of them on, on other days and things. So getting the right people on the ship is a really big challenge. You know, right now we're still looking for an account manager slash project manager. We've been looking for that position for six months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that that's a huge challenge. But, you know, I would say I believe in selling first and then worrying about fulfillment second, which is complete opposite of what so many people would say. And that's in most situations. Obviously, you can't sell a thousand e-commerce products and then figure out how to make the product. That's a little different. (laughs) But in our world, in the consulting world, or if you're an attorney or like whatever, any kind of like service-based business, because in our world, I can go on Upwork right now and find really highly qualified people. Now, I might have to pay them $100 an hour, $200 an hour, but if I'm really in that much of a bind, I can have them fulfill the work rather mm-hmm. quickly. So I'd rather get the sales and worry about that part of it because if there's no money, there's nothing, you know, but that's one challenge. You know, the other challenge, client failures. So I think our biggest client failures are probably due to, to two things. One is when you're an agency that takes on multiple markets, you have to become an expert in so many different businesses. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we'll look at a a niche product like oceanography measuring equipment. Mm. And we'll be like, so that is so niche and so high dollar that we can crush it. And then we bring them on and we find out, wow, we can't crush it. You know, Uh so there's a lot of really bright people in the digital marketer community who talked a lot about product market fit, you know, things like that. And I think that's something that that we could probably be a little better at. Mm. You know, the other failure actually results around not setting up the client properly. So let's say we take on a $80,000 website development project, like a really complex, you know, site. And the client doesn't really realize that when they say they're going to provide the content, what that means is they have to have somebody on their team dedicate their lives for a, a strong period of time to getting content together. Oh, yeah. So we have a lot of clients that you know, we just got a a large launch payment yesterday for a client that we brought on nine months ago. Well, that project was supposed to be done in two months. So one of the things we started doing recently was we have a a thing we added to our agreement where if a launch is not happening due to the lack of timeliness for one of our clients, then they actually start paying us monthly that launch retainer, you Mm. know, to help with some of that. Because, you know, if, if you have an agency and your margins are 30% and you take 50% up front and the other 50 doesn't come in until launch, you know, you're losing money until that launch payment comes in, you know? Mm-hmm. So wow. I don't know if that answers your question or not. But, oh, yeah. You know. I mean, th- those are really interesting pieces of knowledge. When you're, you have an agreement with a customer and we all are about to get to work, but the first thing you have to do is figure out what to work on. 
you know, there's so many channels you can start with. There's so many things you can optimize. There's so many funnels you could create out the wazoo. How do you choose where to start? That's an awesome question. So not to throw profit paths out there again, but that's literally what we did to solve this challenge. Mm, so, yeah. you know, when we sit down and we're talking to a client, we actually create, we have a visual profit path map. And on that map, it breaks out the assets that we're going to be promoting. So with this pastor carpet tile, one I, I referenced earlier, so we had the video. So the video again is a funny video that pastors, you know, find hilarious about, you know, <laughs> people in their church praying for better carpet. So that's a video. Then there's a raise funds tool. So we went out and interviewed hundreds of pastors and other nonprofit organizations and asked them how they raised a million dollars or more. And we created this database of all these unique creative ways to do that. And we create a tool around it. So now we have this tool, right? So we have the video, we have a tool, we have, you know, the actual site itself, the e-commerce site. But what we then do is for each of those that we put on the chart, we specifically say how we're going to target them. So the video, it might make sense to hit an audience that is looking at pastor resource websites while they're on YouTube. For the raise funds tool, we create a crowdfunding tool as well. Those might be more relevant to do cold on Facebook or Instagram you know, and send that traffic there. Or, you know, we may say we're going to show the video and people that have, you know, they've completed 80% of the video will then show them the tool on raising money or, or whatever, but we do it all up front and then we price all that out. So the client, when they come on board, they know exactly what channels we're going to use. And, you mm. know, we, we then have a map for our team. Yeah. So no, no tricks up the sleeve. It probably decreases a lot of the scope creep that might Definitely. We still have that issue because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, we had a home builder tool that we created for a client and let's just say it got a lot more complicated than what we thought. Mm -hmm. Now it was our fault and not defining it clearly. So we ate the cost, but you have to be very careful to define feature a, for example, mm -hmm. what does feature a actually do on the back end? You know, cause in, in this case it was like, oh, we thought people were going to put in these arbitrary values and then it was going to create this end result. But in reality, he wanted all that to be dynamic based on hmm. previous questions. So now there's another two days of programming, right? you know, involved in the project and two days of programming doesn't seem like that big a deal, but then you multiply that times 20 different scope, scope creep challenges, you know, now you're in a, in a rough spot. Hmm. So you've talked a lot about fulfillment for the customers. What about fulfillment for yourself? how you advertise for your own services. So we are huge on eyeball to eyeball, shaking hands, mm -hmm. you know, all that. We do a lot of webinars. So, you know, when you promote a webinar to, you know, people on Facebook or, or whatever, you know, again, cold email is huge and you're sending them to that webinar. It gives them an opportunity to go, okay, wait a minute. You're actually legit. And we believe heavily in customer testimonials because in our industry, again, there's so many crappy, no offense to the younger folks that are out there, but like there's so many agencies that are owned by these early 20s college grads and they know how to run Google AdWords. So mm -hmm. they think they can just light it up. But when you get into these more complex, larger customers, like that just doesn't, 
you know, it doesn't pass. So, you know, we've had interviews with people where we've said, hey, rate yourself on a one to 10 with AdWords. Oh, I'm a 10. And then you sit them down and you ask them to run search ads specifically to people that match a certain audience and their analytics. And they, they go, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand, Mm. you know? So I think to get around that and make sure that people actually know what, you know, having those case studies, examples, people that if you're an incredible company that does great work, you're going to have five or 10 people that a potential customer can reach out to and call and, you know, toss some Hershey bars over to the, (laughs) to the people who give you those referrals and conversations with potential customers. But, you know, that's just huge. And then being research ready. So, you know, everyone's going to go and type your company name into Google. We had a previous employee that had left and they went and left three negative reviews on our Google page under different names and and all that stuff. And we know it was them because it happened in the same day. One of them was their account, you know, and Google (laughs) won't remove them. So if you don't in advance have a lot of positive reviews out there, three negative reviews all of a sudden gives you a one-star review when people Mm -hmm. are looking you up and that's a big deal. So that's another element, but doing events like we're doing TNC for a reason. Mm -hmm. We belong to War Room and we get a lot of value out of War Room, but we also have met a lot of clients at War Room because Mm -hmm. again, you're in that face-to-face, you know, thing. And if you, if you're starting and you don't really have like that budget to spend 20, 30,000 a year on War Room or some of those bigger events, you know, just my gosh, hosting a local, you know, meetup where you are inviting marketing directors at the companies you want to go to for a night of dinner and then do a quick presentation. Anything you can do to be face to face, I think is a is a really big deal. Yeah. And I know that's something that we talk about a lot for the certified partner program for DM is having those presentations that you can give. You've been with the certified partner program since January. Is that right? No, I've I think I was like one of your first 10 people to join it. Actually. Oh, you know what? I think someone told me like January 2017. Kasim at, I think it's called Solutions 8 is his company. Uh, he was one of the first. And he's actually the reason we joined. He was like, you got to join uh-huh. this. I was like, okay. So you know, we, <laughs> we stroked a check, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. It's yeah. been through a lot of iterations. It has. Uh, tell me about just your journey through the program and where you're at now. So I think the biggest value we've gotten out of it is, you know, the training that we get Mm -hmm. access to for our team and quite frankly, for our clients. So we had this kind of grand vision where we were going to resell the training to our clients, but we found instead that by kind of offering it to them for free, it helps them to understand our vocabulary a lot better. Mm -hmm. So, and not only that, but if, if someone disagrees with us on a strategy or a concept, you know, we can show them some of the videos and things from the training and to give a third party like support. We can show, hey, this third party that is not us gets it and they're on board with this concept. Kind of the same thing in using tools like Ahrefs or SEMrush mm-hmm. to show how many keywords a website ranks for and to show SEO growth. Because it's a third party, it adds a, a layer of validity to the data as opposed to just you know saying, hey, here's how great we are and how great we're doing. So yeah, Digital Marketer has been great for that. There's a neat synergy that you feel when you're at an event and you meet somebody else who's also a certified partner. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, being able to put that badge on your website, it kind of separates you a little bit. Like, you know, you can say we are a certified partner, which means these three things, you know, and, and stuff. So, yeah, but I think the training is, is the most valuable that, that, that we've experienced. 
Yeah. And I, I think that there might be a lot of people who wonder like, oh, if I give my clients access to all this training, you know, they can just do it themselves. Or if I give too much value away, they can just do it themselves. But <laughs> I say bullocks to all that, um, <laughs> which is probably a really bad word in another language. But no, I've learned that. Like, I just I just wrote this book. This is the cover. I don't have a copy. Oh, of no it right big here. deal. Just wrote so, this book. <laughs> yeah. So I just wrote Lost at 30,000 Feet. Ryan Dice actually did the forward to it. And I literally spell everything out in here. Like that there's no, here's the reality of the situation. If it's a client that could do it themselves anyway, let them do it themselves. They're probably not in a position where they're going to be a high revenue client anyway. Mm -hmm. We've trained our clients how to do what we do for years. And what you end up with are incredible referral sources. And quite frankly, you could go online and find almost everything that's in the digital marketer training programs. If you dig enough, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you can find YouTube. <laughs> Everything's out there. Nothing's new anymore. So yeah. I forget what they're called in Digital Marketer, the office. Uh, the office hours? Yes. So I love those. Those are my oh, favorite. Oh, yeah. Those are the ones that I program. Yeah. They're well, now there called you go. insider trainings. Okay. Well, thank you. So <laughs> the, the, the reason that I love them so much, though, is because it goes beyond just the click and the point and the, the button to push. And you learn about a lot of theory and why which I think that's what makes us unique is kind of like that story I told you about Dallas. Like, yes, we pushed the same buttons that another company would push, but we analyzed it in a different way. We, our thought leadership kind of came into play and in, to help that company to earn that million and a half additional mm -hmm. dollars. So with those specific trainings, you know, we've found a lot of value because we actually get to kind of peer inside someone's head and, yeah. and learn why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And I'll say just as like a human learning why you're doing something is just as valuable as learning how to do it. Like if you're learning how to eat paleo and then you get new information that tells you to go keto, it's like you have to choose. You can't do both because right. one works for a different reason than yeah. the other. And you have to understand yeah that reason. I just do all the diets all at once. <laughs> I do the fat diet and the, and the chocolate diet and the sugar diet. Yeah. And obviously it doesn't work out very well for me, but yeah. you know. Mine, mine's just <laughs> the top, the top of the pyramid. There you go. Right. <laughs> <Just> that good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, we're kind of getting to the top of the hour and I just kind of want to tie some things up with a bow before we get to all the, the end stuff. Let's talk about those people that are in their 20s, maybe they're DJs and they're trying to get into hey. digital marketing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if they're the ones who are trying to do paid ads and they're they're learning the training and trying to get clients, like what advice do you have for them on how to level up their knowledge and how to get deeper? Okay, so true story, and this answers your question. When mm -hmm. we were running paid ads at the real estate lead generation company that had 60 people. We were in a position where we were spending eight to twelve dollars a click, and we had almost no organic search traffic. So at that time, and this is again early two thousands, there was one guy who was the expert in SEO. And his name's Aaron Wall, and he wrote a book called SEObook.com. Well, that was the website, but he had this ebook, and. I download the ebook. I read it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I just need, I need Aaron. So mm -hmm. I PayPal'd him $500. Like 
just I, I found his email address, PayPal that email address, 500 bucks. And I said, I want to talk to you for two hours. And he immediately responded. I did the same thing with Gary Vaynerchuk recently and was really? at the offices two months <laughs> later. So my thing is this, you're going to get so much value out of actually getting a human being who's been there, done that to talk to you about your specific challenge. And when you ask them questions like, what are the five things you would do next if you were me? And you're asking someone who like has been there. Like when I can go to Roland and I can say, Roland, here's where my business is at right now. What's the next five things you would do? He is so seasoned and so experienced that he can cut through all the mistakes and tell me exactly what to do. But you have to pay for someone to be willing to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes those people will give you the money back. Gary Vee didn't take my money, you know, Um, but I still met with his team and and him in his offices. So it's so, so important, I think, to show someone that's an expert that you recognize that their time is super valuable. We have the community for Digital Marketer. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people in that community that are, you know, very selfless. But by saying, hey, I'll give you a couple of bucks if you help out here, you're coming at it from a position where you're not just trying to steal knowledge that someone's worked really mm-hmm. hard for. You're offering to pay for that knowledge. And oftentimes they won't take the money. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's, that's the biggest thing I would say is either A, become an absolute expert in that specific niche. Like if you said to me, Dave, what superpower do you have? I would say SEO. Like I listened to your last podcast. Oh yeah. Like that's another dude who like, he knows his stuff. Yeah, he does. And I'm sitting there just going, yes, yes, yes. Because (laughs) most SEOs go, oh, just make sure there's some keywords on your page and your title tags good. You know, Mm -hmm. when it goes so much deeper into the technical and the offsite link building and, and all that stuff. But I'm not like, the man when it comes to paid social. So I have mm-hmm. Josh Eberly and Tisha Shelley that work on my team that, that get that world, you know? So you have to either choose to become a superpower, you know, in your niche before you go and move into 18 other things. Right. And then in the areas where you're not an expert, get other people to join you who are, and you'll learn so much by just what they do, you know? That's, that's beautiful. Also, I think offering that money why it's so genius. I mean, other than all the reasons you listed is you're telling them you're serious about this because if someone asks me a question and they just want to pick my brain on something, I'm like, I'll just give them what I, what I would tell them about, you know, programming Mm -hmm. content or like TNC or whatever. But if someone is like paying me for my time, it's like, damn, yeah, I I better bring this because they're very serious about what they're doing. And it's not just like random advice. Yeah. Well, like, and and right now, Ryan, he does the ask method. Thank you. So like, I don't know him at all. I might've met him in passing sometime or something, but I don't know him, but like, I don't want to do his course. I don't have time to do his course. And Mm -hmm. I don't, my, my team's booked up. They're not going to take his course. So Ryan's the next target actually on my list right now. If you know him. I did actually. You got to let him know that that, that (laughs) he was talked about here. Um, But no, like he's my next victim, so to speak. Like I want to offer him a couple grand to, you know, show me specifically, okay, Ryan, I get it. You have the course. I don't want your course. No, no disrespect. I just don't have time to do it. So can we talk, is it worth your time to talk for two hours Mm -hmm. about what you would do in this specific situation, you know, using your method and go from there? I just think that's so invaluable to do that with people. Yeah. Well, before I ask the last question that I ask every guest, Mm -hmm. For their first time, where can people find out more about you? Where can they reach you? 
et cetera, sure. et cetera. I appreciate you asking that. Thank you. So mm-hmm. conklinmedia.com is our agency site. Profitpaths.com is where we have all of our content, you know, about how to create profit paths. We have the worksheets and all that for free. And we have a webinar there. We're even creating a training course that people can go through to learn how to do it. So we're doing that. And then I speak at a lot of events. So daveconklin.com is where you go to learn more about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they'll be at Trafficking Immersion yes. 2020. Yes, I will. Yeah. Speaking on profit paths. That's correct. I'm so excited for that talk. Good. I hope you're actually there. Gonna be oh, there. yeah. No, okay. yeah. Yeah. It would be horrible if I wasn't. <laughs> okay. Well, I love it. Yeah. So last question. If you could go back in time and tell young Dave, DJ Dave, anything at all, whether it's about life or whether it's about business, what would you tell him? So I'll give you a personal one and I'll give you a business one. Is that fair? Or does yeah, it have to absolutely. be one? All right. So I'm a huge believer and have seen people have an incredible amount of value in their lives by being spiritually grounded, mm-hmm. whatever that means for you. But being plugged into that and having some mentors in that world, I think it's a real thing. And I think that it's kind of like, you know, you mentioned the pyramid earlier as it relates to, <laughs> to dieting. So it's almost like when you're spiritually grounded and you you look at life that it's bigger than just you and what you're doing. It changes your perspective on depression. It changes your your Mm. perspective on just everything in life. So I think that's, that that's huge. Um, That's a big deal. And I talk about that actually a little bit in my book, but from a business perspective, never be locked into one algorithm or one industry. So the industry experience I obviously had with getmyhomesvalue.com when that crashed because the real estate market crashed, if I would have just, been smart enough to take that company and do all home services or, Mm. you know what I mean? Something like that. Like we wouldn't have had that massive impact from one industry. And then I had an SEO company for a short time that we launched that was really successful. And then Google made an algorithm change where they didn't appreciate articles anymore, you know, on article websites and things like that. And the whole thing was based on article marketing. You know, so that's why we kind of are more uh, an overall agency today. So just don't focus on one specific niche Mm -hmm. that if you are going to be hyper-focused like that, make sure you have a few hyper-focuses like, you know, and and don't be dependent on an algorithm. We had a Facebook social platform, kind of like a BuzzFeed. Mm. that was all about positive news and things like that. Um, Facebook changed their algorithm and we went from making 300 grand a month to nine grand a month on on that property. If I would have had uh, two years, 17. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, so we literally, I mean, it was so, we were like, this is amazing. Like money is raining from the sky Mm -hmm. and then there's nothing we could do about it. They just stopped showing our content to the people that subscribe to our page. And it all dried up. So if I would have only been in that bucket, Mm -hmm. that would have been a major problem. So Yeah. Pivot. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's really good. Those are two really good advice. You actually made me tear up on the first one. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you. This has been an honor. I'm I'm so grateful to even be asked to to be on here. So thank you so much. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. I think this will just, I mean... Those of you listening, you let us know, you know, what did you get from this? Tell me the one thing that you're going to do now. I think for like probably 30% of people are going to try to pay Gary V 500 bucks <laughs> to <laughs> get some time with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And to everyone listening, thank you as always for a little bit of your day each week. It means so much. And I hope you have an awesome, awesome rest of your week. And we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. And that's it. Awesome. Peace out. Peace out. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.